0: Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. We're going to do this again since uh, nobody seemed to stop listening after we did it last time. Every Saturday, we answer your questions, and last Saturday... I had Chris join me, and he's back. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Are you excited to do this?
1: I couldn't be more excited.
0: You could be. I kind of believe that. You're not a very excitable human. But we're going to do this. We're going to have fun. Would you look at this smile? Yeah. We're giving something away today. You know what we're going to give away today? Can you guess?
1: Energy. No. A signed book. No. A car. No. Mood plus. Oh, that's even better. (laughs)
0: Right? I know. Like, I love Mood Plus. Okay. So we did an episode recently on adaptogens, and we talked about a few of the the adaptogens that I take, and one of the products that I take religiously, Chris does as well, is called Mood Plus, and it has ashwagandha and several other adaptogens that really just help your body respond appropriately to stress because, as we talked about, and I won't go down this soapbox right now... Stress is not just about how you feel in your mind. Stress causes real damage in your body. So that's what we're giving away and you can be eligible to win. All you have to do is leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, same, same, or leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or Post on Facebook or Instagram. Be sure to tag me so I see it. Share an episode that you're listening to or an episode that you've loved. We will announce today's winner at the end of the show, so make sure you listen all the way through. But Bottle of Mood Plus going out to you. Such a good prize.
1: Very good prize.
0: Yeah, I really like it. I take it every day.
1: I thought we were keeping that for ourselves.
0: I know, but, you know, sometimes we have to be generous. Okay. We'll just have to buy more. I guess so. I just bought more Kids Mood yesterday with my subscribe and save points.
1: I just bought more of the other thing
0: what is the other thing i
1: had a brain fart
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you get chocolate protein uh fundamentals plus oh okay with the mental heart yeah yeah you take that every day don't you i do okay let's get to the questions question number one <laughs> you've got to remember that you just blew somebody's ears out so keep your volume kind of level he's new to this sorry question
1: guys. question number one
0: you don't whisper you also don't shout you just keep it level
1: question number one
0: that was better thank you
1: What are some things I can practice when I'm stressed or overwhelmed instead of the cookies I keep grabbing, but that are leaving me unsatisfied and still
0: stressed? So I used to believe that I ate because I was stressed, but really I ate because I wanted to eat and I wanted to distract myself but it wasn't the stress that was the problem. It was my thinking about the stress that was the problem. So in terms of like, what are some things that I can practice when I am stressed or overwhelmed? To me, it comes down to being a good problem solver. Why are you stressed and overwhelmed? We don't need to run away from that feeling. We need to be a problem solver, not a problem avoider. And a lot of times people think of their avoidance as a strategy, but it's not. It's avoidance and it has nothing to do with the solution so I have a lot of moments where I feel stressed or overwhelmed especially as it relates to work but who am I kidding I feel stressed and overwhelmed about the house all the time oh yeah absolutely like very regularly
1: we've got 30 million projects to do so yeah
0: and I mean every day it's like 10 more get added to the list what I do is I look at What absolutely needs to be done today? And what I find is that oftentimes my overwhelm and my stress are entirely self-induced because I'm trying to operate 25 steps ahead instead of staying in what needs to happen now. And often we'll look at what we need to do in a week or what we need to do in the totality or in the case of our house, like what we want to do over five years and like, ah, there's so much. But if we step it back a little bit, what are the things that have to happen today you know, on the house, there's nothing I need to do today. You've got to call about the hydro seating, but all of the projects that could overwhelm us if we thought about all of them, I don't have any action steps to take on the house today. And you have one that's very simple and it comes down to being a better thinker. What needs to happen now? What do I need to do today? We decided... We'll already be back by the time this episode airs, but we decided to uh, go on a little vacation. We've been trying to get away for the last few months, but with everything closed down, it hasn't been, been possible. Now it is, so we're going. And there's a whole bunch of stuff we need to do before we go, right? That is such a common place to go that creates stress and overwhelm, all of the things. But if we become a better thinker and we become a creative problem solver, what we'll find is these things are pretty easy to solve. Okay, which of them need to be done today? We can call about who's going to take care of the dog today. And that's all we need to do today. We don't have to do all the things all at once. So if you are in a place where you are feeling stressed or overwhelmed, why? Write it out. What are all of the things that you feel you need to do or have done or square away? Which of them are you committing to moving forward either today? Or if all the things today is overwhelming you, then focus just on the thing that has to happen next. I probably go through this for myself, by myself, every single day because I'll have a series of things that I need to do. For example, today... I have to do my normal everyday work stuff, and I have to record two episodes, and we had to meet with the dog trainer, and I have a massage that's off cape that'll take, you know, some time getting to and from, and I have to figure out what I'm wearing to a fu- for a funeral, and, 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 and. When I feel that way, I come right back to, but what's the thing that's now or next, And then I don't have to worry about the thing that's four steps from now or five steps from now or 10 steps from now. It's just what is happening now or next. The cookies are a distraction and you are a better problem solver than that. So if the problem is stress or overwhelm, then get to work on the solution instead of choosing a distraction. That's what I say. What you got?
1: That is what you say.
0: What you got? You know, hey... Did you tell me last night, I wasn't Dennis the Menace. Who did you call me last night? It wasn't Dennis the Menace. It was Eddie, Eddie Haskell. It was. He told me last night, he, you said, like, you're really cute. And then you said, you're Eddie Haskell.
1: No, I said, you're also a pain in the ass. Okay.
0: But then you said Eddie Haskell. Yes. People listening might not even be old enough to know who Eddie Haskell uh, is. I think they are. Maybe. They are. I don't feel like I'm Eddie Haskell, though. Okay. That's fine.
1: You do. You you can be a dentist the menace if you want.
0: But you're a scud missile.
1: I am a scud missile.
0: All right.
1: Short fuse, you never know where I'm going to (laughs) land. Next question. Yeah. Healthy ways to cope with a really rough breakup. Mm.
0: You know... It's tough because I was just going to say, like, I've been And I have been there. I've had some rough breakups. I wouldn't call my divorce necessarily, like, really rough. It was, I mean, we, we for the most part, were um, civil. But it was still emotionally very challenging. And I think whether it's you're dealing with a rough breakup or you're dealing with a tense thing in your family or anything like that, how can I take great care of myself through this, right? Because that is when it matters most. And I think about when my dad died. Um, I was a senior in college, he died in a car accident, and I did not take care of myself. And then what that meant was, I was going through this very difficult emotional thing. And also, I was not really giving myself any tools, because I was overeating, and I was sleeping too much, and also not sleeping enough at times. And I created more problems. So I think the best thing here is to take Really great care of yourself, and I know that it really doesn't matter if it's if it's a breakup or it's anything else. You know, when when Dagny died, that was something that that was just so critically important to me because I knew that I could either give myself tools or I could take away tools, and I think that's really true in a breakup. This is when it matters most that you show up for you. And I remember when I got divorced, having a kind of an aha moment. Where I realized that I could not be upset with somebody else for hurting me or betraying me if I was going to hurt myself. You know, like I can't simultaneously be willing to hurt myself, but not be okay with you hurting me. That would make me a hypocrite. And when I realized that, I was like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So if I'm going to hold other people to the standard of loving me and showing respect for me, then I sure as heck can't not love myself, I can't disrespect myself while demanding that other people respect me. And that perspective on hypocrisy really, really helped me. So take impeccable care of yourself. And then the other thing is use this opportunity to build other great relationships in our lives. Uh, We, Chris and I have kind of been in a place where we've been able to evaluate our relationships with other people in the last few months and like who has been present for us and who has not been present for us and and how do we want to be present for other people and what kind of relationships do we want in our lives and so when a relationship leaves our life for whatever reason you get to use that as a reminder of of what does matter. Like if you want to be treated a certain way, then how can you show up to treat other people that way in the meantime? If you are missing a particular relationship in your life, how can you build more relationships in your life? So this could be a great time to meet new people, not necessarily romantically, but to build new friendships, to strengthen old friendships. Are there things that have sort of faded away because you didn't tend to those relationships and they sort of drifted and you created space? This is an awesome opportunity now that you have a little bit more more room in your life to go back and rebuild those things so focus on yourself and focus on other relationships that's what I, that's what i say preach yeah what are you okay let me ask you oh, chris God. have you ever been through a rough breakup nope really really why because they've all been amicable yeah
1: and I always just realize you know not who i'm meant to be with were
0: you ever, like, super sad about a breakup? Um, Today. No. No? Hmm. Would you be sad if we broke up?
1: Well, yeah, because one of us would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> naturally. <true>. Naturally. <laughs> That's true. The only way out is death. All right. Next question. All right. Was there an event or thought shift that happened that made you start to believe you could change your life?
0: I think I always knew I could. My doubt wasn't whether or not it was possible. It was whether or not I would do it. You know, I. So my grandfather was one of the biggest influences in my life, and I remember he used to say, learn everything, you know, figure out it. Like, go get a training in this, get a certification in this, do all of these things because then it's up to you what you do with them. And so education was very, very important to him. And he believed fundamentally that that was kind of how you could move along in your life. And he was also huge on relationships, connect with people, be good to people, meet new people, speak to everybody that you meet. So I grew up kind of understanding that we could very much create what we want. My issue came from the fact that I didn't I didn't believe in myself. Not that it was possible for me, but that I would do it. It was absolutely possible in general, but I wasn't consistent and I didn't follow through. I felt like I had to believe in myself before I got started and that held me back for a long time. Finally, I realized I don't have to believe in crap. I just have to take action. And the belief is built through through adversity and through progress and through forward motion, but I will tell you that I've never—I did not believe that I was going to finish a book when I started the book, right? I just was committed to starting. Up until Chris, you used to drive Chris crazy when I was writing Chasing Cupcakes. How many times I would like throw it away and start over? I started over. <laughs> You're on the last page. <laughs> It would make him so mad because I was spending like, I was working like a dog and I was writing seven days a week and I was, it it was just a lot of hard work. And then I would make tons of progress and then I'd scrap it all and I'd go back to the start and it would make him totally nuts. But I didn't believe that I was going to get my book published when I started I just started writing, and too many people are waiting for their feelings to match up to the ideal before they take action, and I think that's a really big problem. So was there an event that made me believe I could change my life? No, not at all. There is a series of decisions that are the process of creating change, and the belief flows from that. It does not have to come before it. Do you believe you can change your life?
1: I believe anybody can change their life. But I'm talking
0: about you. Do you believe you can change your life? I am anybody. Okay, so yes. Do you ever struggle with like doubt?
1: Um, no, I'm a pretty self-confident person.
0: Okay, next question.
1: All right, question number four. How do I get unstuck in my own excuses? Even though I have viewed them as out of my own control.
0: So fundamentally, I don't believe you're stuck. I don't believe that anybody is stuck. I believe that sometimes we stop and then we tell ourselves we are stuck because we would rather justify our place than change our place. We spend more energy making a case for why we are where we are than for getting ourselves to a different spot. So you're not stuck. Let's start there. And there are going to be things that are out of your control, for sure. There always are, without a doubt. The amount of you know, if you, if you don't have $10 million in the bank to get started, okay, that's you're not changing that today. But there's 10 times, if not 100 times or 1,000 times more things that are in your control than that which are out of your control. So instead of focusing on all the things that are out of your control, because you can make that case very successfully... Focus on what is in your control. What is in your control are the choices that you make. What is in your control is how you respond to the things that happen. So what I would do if I were you is look at what is it that you want to do that you keep making excuses about? What is it that you want to do? And then what are all the factors that are within your control? And then break it down to this day, right? So you start with generally what is in my control. Then today, how can I make an impact on my goal? What is within my control today? And start there. No matter who you are, you could convince me of all the reasons why you can't make more money, you can't spend less money, you can't lose weight, you can't be fit, you can't start a business, whatever. You can make that case. The thing is, you can also make the case that you can, that you can start the business, that you can spend less, that you can make more, that you can lose weight, that you can get fit. It's all about where you're using your energy. Are you using your energy to talk yourself out of it or are you using your energy to talk yourself into it? It's up to you.
1: I want to start this next one um, with, I'm not defensive. (laughs) You're just attacking me. (laughs) And on that note, how do I deal with
0: my defensiveness? (laughs) How do I deal with my defensiveness? Okay. So this is a question that I love to ask myself, even when it's hard. How is the other person right? Because when we're defensive, we're coming at how we are right and the other person is wrong. And we are defending our position. And it is a powerful question to say, in what ways are they right? I'll never forget when somebody in the master's club, Jen Walton, said something along the lines of, I'm looking for ways to make them right. And she was referring, I think at the time, to, you know, people that she works with or people in her family like i'm looking for all the ways that they are right instead of for all the ways that they are wrong and actually chris and i were talking about this yesterday as it relates to some family tension that was going on and i said there's a difference between trying to make your point and prove how you're right and prove how somebody else is wrong there's a difference between that and looking for commonality and looking for you know where where the other person is right And helping the other person to get to the point where they're also looking at what you guys agree on. So defensiveness comes up when we are convinced that we are right, which makes somebody else wrong. How are they right? Where are you wrong? How is it not about me at all? Where have I made assumptions here? This goes back to the number one tool that I use in every aspect of my life to get better, and that is questions. Start questioning it. Why do I feel defensive? What am I trying to defend? What else is true? what's different from their perspective? Is it possible that their experiences give them different perspectives and they're right as well as I'm right because I've had different experiences and I have a different perspective? Too many times, and this is like, epidemic level in this world right now. We're so convinced that if we are right, another person must be wrong. What I think is true more often is that there's lots of different truths based on different people's perspectives and different people's experiences. And we all have to get so much better at not being so locked into the idea that if we're right, somebody else is wrong and it's binary. Because one of my favorite quotes in the world is that binary is the opposite of creativity, right? It's not either right or wrong or yes or no or black and white. It's so much more complex than that. And being an adult and being mature and being good in relationships requires that we see all of those nuances. It's not just your way and my way. It's not just your perspective and my perspective. There's 50 different colors in between and we can both be right and see things totally differently. And we've had a ton of practice in that, since we moved in together, you know, a couple years ago, in terms of like you, Chris, see things very differently than I do, and you process things very differently. And oftentimes, you are right and I am right. We're just in a different place with it.
1: Would you agree with that? Yes. When I am right and you are right, they're usually two different questions. You think so? No. 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 You're there's, just being difficult. Yeah. I'm not defensive.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Just the most defensive person ever. <laughs> anyway, let's keep on rolling.
1: All right. The penultimate, penultimate question. Here we go again. The question
0: before. Yeah. The I question get it. before. If you didn't last listen question. last week, we got into a debate about penultimate. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Struggling getting in the habit to check in with what I want. I keep prioritizing everything and everyone. Uh, look else
0: and don't put myself in the picture. See, this is this is. Let me teach you a little something, Chris, right now about reading questions. You have to understand what it is that they're saying versus what it is that they wrote. So let me let me just do this. But, but you wrote this. No, I didn't. Well, it was sent to you and. I just wrote copy it. their questions and paste them. I just copy and paste them. I don't rewrite them because I understand they're struggling to get in the habit of checking in with what they want. They keep prioritizing everything and everyone else and not put themselves into the, the picture, into the scope of things. Okay, that's that's. That's what they're getting at.
1: Uh, this must have been a swipe text or a voice to text. <laughs>
0: Who cares? Thing, Can we just move on with the answer and not worry sense. about... Anyway. So let me do that again. No, we already did.
1: Struggling getting <laughs> in the habit to check in with what I want.
0: I keep prioritizing everything and everyone else and don't put myself in the picture. Well done. Well done. We don't edit this. So they're now going to hear this three times. Anyway, this is what we use the identity journal for. Fundamentally, we created the identity journal for this very thing because... You start out the day knowing what it is that you want, but then you don't think about it as you make decisions going through the day. The identity journal helps us to get a lot more clarity and specificity and also prompts us like, when am I gonna need this? When do I need to revisit this? And we really work on journaling when we need it and not journaling when we don't. I always think it's so funny when people are like, I do my journaling and I say my affirmations in the morning, but at nine o'clock at night, they're not helping. Yeah, no kidding. So if that's when you need it, then do it before you go to bed or do it right before dinner or whatever. But this is a practice. So instead of saying, I keep prioritizing everyone else and I don't put myself in the picture, I would ask you, what does it look like to do both today? How can you meet the needs that you have for other people, right? And the way that you want to show up for other people and also do one thing to show up for yourself. Sometimes we are so busy convincing ourselves that we can't do a thing or we don't do a thing or we haven't done a thing that we're using all of the energy on what went wrong that then we're like kind of done with it before we get to what can we do about it. So if you were one of my clients, I would say, I don't care how things were yesterday. I don't care what the problem of the past is. I don't care what the pattern of your history is that's got you to where you are, what I care about is what does it look like to put yourself in the picture today? What are you going to do about it? Right? And same thing with like forgetting to check in with what you want. Okay, so how can you do that today? What if it was a check in every time you get in your car, right? I did this for the longest time. I had my affirmations on the dash of my car as well as on my desk at work and in my bathroom and you know a few other places. So what are you doing? What Tools or practices or prompts are you putting in place so that you're checking in more regularly with what you want? I mean, there's a hundred million ways to do this. You can set an alarm on your phone. You can set a reminder in your calendar. You can have your affirmations on your dash of your car. You can journal before you start making dinner at the end of the day. There's a million ways to do it. But if you're so stuck on justifying the pattern that you don't do it, then you're not even trying to create the solution. Hmm. very nice penultimate
1: penultimate question i feel like elizabeth wrote this one based on the intro for it i love your podcasts and listen regularly i'm working on changing my behaviors and rewriting the destructive stories i've been telling myself how can i convince my partner that he needs to shift his mindset from can't
0: oh i don't think you should i don't think you should try to change your partner's mindset and and i get it because we want the best for people and I I don't know Chris and I have I, I I try to bring up a lot of conversations about like goals and things like that because because we're we're doing this life thing together right so like I asked him the other day on my birthday I said what do you want to be different a year from now um what what do you want to have gotten done and and um you didn't mention anything about the house and I was like well I really want the dormer to be done by then and you're like oh yeah 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 but I think like Having conversations about where you're headed and where you're going is really important, but like fu- you want to change your mindset. That's important to you, that's a value to you, but your partner isn't necessarily on that journey. You know, I remember a couple years after I got divorced, I found out that my former husband had gotten into stock investing, uh, listening to podcasts, and going to a CrossFit gym. <laughs> All things that I had like begged him to do when we were married for years, like, you know. Don't play video games. Let's let's read this. I got him books on like um, investing because I was really excited about it and I was into it. And we had gotten out of debt, and I wanted us to be on the same page there. And he had no interest whatsoever. And I was going to the gym and spending time there every day, and that was like most of what I did outside of work because I worked really long hours, and so did he. And he had no interest whatsoever and had nothing positive to say about it. And then two years later, he's doing all of those things. Well, look. I was on a different journey than he was. Now, granted, most people don't take separate journeys and end up getting divorced, though certainly some people do. Um, So I don't think that allowing people to be on their own journey means that it ends in divorce because like Chris and I are on very, very different journeys right now. Fortunately, I've grown up a lot um, since my first marriage. But if you value changing your mindset, that doesn't mean that he values changing your mindset because that's work that you're doing right now doesn't mean that that's work that he's doing right now. Now, if he comes to you and says, wow, you know, I can see that you've really made some changes and like, I'd love your support or I'd love your help, then that's an invitation. But we can't put our values and our priorities onto other people or it's going to create tension. And I think that that's... uh, Gosh, I've learned that the hard way. I've been beat over the head with that a hundred million times. And we just can't expect people to be on the journey that we're on. We can invite them, but we can't push them. You know, how can you convince him that he needs to change his mindset from can't? You can't. And please don't try. You keep looking at me like you really want to say something. I do. Say it.
1: Um, so being, a, I would consider myself similar to your partner. You have a can't mindset, uh, and not in that, but in the um, I'm, when Elizabeth and I started, she was very you know much trying to get me to change mm-hmm. my mindset, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I was defensive, but you were really defensive. But I was <laughs> uh, a, a wall went up, and and the wall was preventing that yeah. from going in because I wasn't looking for that input. Yeah. Uh, The biggest things that have gotten me to come around, it's going to sound silly, but it's like a commercial. Like when I see things are going well for her, like you see in commercials where they want you to buy something, everyone's super happy, Mm -hmm. you know, when I see her positivities coming from the changes she's making, that got me to want to do some of them. Like I was not so into trying to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Let's give this a try because it looks like it's a good time. It wasn't because she was saying, do this, do this, do this.
0: No, I don't. I don't feel like I ever did that with you. you of know, all the things it, I did push, that wasn't one of them. No, I learned but that it, one.
1: it's, it's
0: it, it, it just work attraction marketing to your partner. Yeah. So, well, okay. Um, a lot of people don't know what attraction marketing is.
1: You know, you're, you're, you're pre- present the life that you're living and you want to live in the, in the best possible light yeah. and it'll attract him to yeah. it. Yeah. And he'll want to make the change himself without you, you yeah. know, convincing him to do it. He'll think
0: he convinced himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so true though. Like it, there was absolutely a time, I would say probably the first year of our relationship at least where I wanted to help because you weren't happy and you were struggling and I felt like I had information that would help you with that, but because you hadn't asked me for it, it got nowhere. Right. And I was frustrated because I was seeing you unhappy and I'm like, look, we, we can fix this. And you were frustrated because you were like, I'm not asking for your help. And un- I mean, fortunately, I learned faster to, to just kind of like let you do your thing, but... It really was just me living my life and taking care of myself and taking care of my business and continuing going to the gym without being passive aggressive about, you know, like, you're not going. You know, he ne- he never went until one day literally on your birthday. You were like, I'll go. Yeah. Um and daily hearing, do you even lift, bro? Kind of gets it to you, but. <laughs> never <said> that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think you should try to convince him to change his mindset. It goes back to, and if you guys have been listening for a while, you've probably heard me say this a million times, but it's so true. Lighthouses don't save boats by getting into the water and going to the boat and dragging it in. Lighthouses save boats and save people because they're a light so bright that others are drawn to it. You have a history on lighthouses and you're going to totally screw this whole story that is totally effective, but he's (laughs) literally, go ahead, ruin it.
1: Lighthouses don't draw you in. They let you know where rocks are. So you don't go into them. But
0: you know what I'm saying? The light is so bright. (laughs) Yes, you don't want to crash into a lighthouse. I get it. Thanks. Still, the point is, the lighthouse doesn't go out and save you. It is such a bright light that, yes, you aren't literally drawn to it. So you crash into the rocks. Thank you. But it's so light that it helps you navigate. Right, yes. that is that that is the point. And Mr. Freaking Literal over here is yes. like imagining all of these boats just being drawn to the lighthouse and ended up shipwrecked, like a moth to your <laughs> to your porch light.
1: <laughs> ah, it's so pretty.
0: This is why I don't think Chris will be on too many episodes. <laughs> but the the being a light so bright that others are drawn to it, not, not like a lighthouse, <laughs> and not like a bug zapper light. It's <laughs> a mother light. Right. Like a warm house with all the lights on and you know it's a safe harbor. Yes. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Now every time I say that, I'm going to think of like... Like a, like a fiery hearth. <laughs> you just want to be around it. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the last question. The ultimate we're, question. You're just ruining everything. Why don't I do what I know I should be doing? Wrong question. Let me ask you. Okay, so I always wonder about this because... Most of the time, I work out in my office. But that was
1: absolutely the last question. <laughs>
0: some of the time, some of the time, I work in the house, and so Chris hears a lot of like the messages that I send or emails that I respond to, or hears me on webinars or whatever. So I just want to put you on the spot, Chris. How do you think I'm going to answer this question? Because in my mind, I've said this answer like six trillion times in the last like I don't know twelve days. Um, if if you knew I was responding to this, why don't I do what I know I should be doing. What do you think I would say? This is a quiz for Chris. Um, it's one single statement. Choices. No.
1: Every chance is a choice. It's every choice is a chance. Same, same. No. Same. no.
0: Um, you're asking the wrong question. Right? Yeah. And I know I even said that before you I paused. You a lot, yeah. But like. When you say, why don't I do what I know I should be doing? You're focusing
1: on the problem.
0: No, what you're asking your brain to do is make a case for all the reasons you're not doing it. So you're just, you're adding to the position that you want to move out of, right? You are looking for, why don't I? Instead of how can I or why do I? So I think the question needs to be, what is it? that I feel I should be doing that I can do today, right? When we ask the wrong questions, it's like we just wanna validate or justify our inaction or our lack of progress. And so many times that's what people are looking for. They wanna understand why they're stuck more than they want to create a change. And that's just bananas. Let's use your energy, let's use the power of your brain to create the change that it is you wanna create. Let's get clear. What is it that you know you should be doing but you're not doing? Write it down. Which of those things are you able and willing to do today? The solutions sound super simple because, good news, they are. They are so super simple. We have overcomplicated success so much and it's unnecessary. What is it that you feel you should be doing but you're not? Make a list. Which of those things are you able and willing to do today? Doesn't matter at all if you're not able and willing to do all of them. But do some of them.
1: That was a lot better than my answer. Yeah, well. Mostly because mine was wrong.
0: Yeah, well, it's okay.
1: Um, we so have, we have a winner. Good. We have a winner.
0: We do. And do you remember what they're getting? You
1: are getting energy plus. No. Oh, you're getting mood plus. You're getting mood plus. I'm
0: trying to keep the mood for us. I know. You do wish that I would just keep it because it it. is. It, I, I'm telling you. It's not even like, it. it, sometimes I think people hear something like that and they think of the effect of like a Xanax or something that kind of just zones you out. It's not like that at all. I really think of it as just softening the edges a little bit. And the biggest thing, so the studies on this product show that one of the things it does is improve stress resilience. So your ability to kind of um, operate no matter what is happening around you and clarity, mental clarity. So yes, there is um, clinical evidence that it reduces anxiety and it reduces depression. But for me, the stress resilience piece is the biggest thing. When I take it regularly, I basically notice that, and this isn't even a commercial, I don't even know why I'm doing this usually. I just say, we're giving away Mood Plus, you're the winner. Um, But I I know that some, we don't usually give away Mood Plus because we like to keep it for ourselves. But sometimes people get nervous about that, thinking it's going to like put them in a fog or Totally. Sewn them out. Yeah. And it's not like that at all. It actually helps with focus. And the biggest benefit to me is that stress resilience piece so that whatever happens, it it doesn't, you know, put me on like the high highs or the low lows or anything like that. So let's get to who won it. Today's winner is from Instagram. If your Instagram handle is at weights and measure, at weights and measure. Why are you smiling? I like that. Why?
1: Weights and measure. Well, good. I'm glad you. Sounds official.
0: Okay, at Weights and Measure. All you got to do is email, speaking of official, Christopher at PrimalPotential.com. Give him this episode number, episode 794. Let him know you were the winner of the Mood Plus in episode 794, and we will get it out in the mail to you. Congratulations, at Weights and Measure. And you can win too. Just leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Tag me, at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram. And, um... You can win next week.
1: Congratulations, weights and measure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All you got to do is email Christopher at PrimalPotential.com, and he will hook you up with the bottle of Mood Plus. Keep questions coming. Guys, let me know if you like having Chris here, because I know it can be a little bit of a mixed bag.
1: It can be. Because
0: he can shout, and he can hit the freaking table, because he doesn't learn. You can't hit the table when we're recording. Okay. You can work on that. Oh for next time
1: yes I just get so animated I wish you guys could see me I don't wish you could see me I really don't I was going to
0: say are you suggesting this become a video podcast we could do that people would probably enjoy it thank you Christopher thank you it was fun everybody all right everybody have an amazing day I'll chat with you soon thanks so much for listening to the primal potential podcast where our goal is not to help you learn our goal is to help you change this is a year of action Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.